Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do.
Hi guys, thanks so much for tuning in to today's show where I welcome back Amy Morin. And Amy is a psychotherapist and host of the Mentally Stronger podcast, as well as a best-selling author of six books on mental strength, including her latest book, 13 Things Mentally Strong Couples Don't Do. Today, Amy and I talk about combating negative thoughts and positive affirmations. And I really enjoyed this conversation with Amy, where we don't focus necessarily specifically on how to navigate issues in a relationship, but more how to navigate very human things that happen to all of us, whether we're in a relationship or not. And obviously, these things are going to benefit us if we are in a relationship. And Amy gives some very specific tools in order to reprogram the tendencies we have, you know, Amy and I talk about our tendency to to have a negativity bias. And I am definitely guilty of that. And I got some great specific tips from Amy today. And I know you guys will as well. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate those five-star reviews on Spotify and iTunes or wherever you listen. Enjoy today's show. Amy, thanks so much for joining me back on the show. Thank you so much for having me back. It's a pleasure to be here. Today, we're going to talk about some things that people can do individually to help improve their lives. And this by kind of default osmosis, whatever you want to call it, is going to help improve their relationships. And, and that is positive affirmations and combating catastrophic thoughts and negative thoughts. I'm certainly a person and and I think most humans have negative thoughts and sometimes they can get the best of me and I can get in these spirals and often they're related to my relationships, whether that's a romantic relationship or a relationship with a friend or family member. So where is a place that you like to start? Let's say you're working with a client and they're like, I just get in these negative thought loops. Where do you like to start with them to help navigate those thought patterns and, and get to a place where we'll talk about later, where we can, we can be positive and have these positive thoughts? Uh, a good place to start is usually in helping people recognize that just because they think something doesn't mean that it's true and that our brains lie to us all the time. It makes predictions about the future as if it's a fortune teller. Your brain has no idea what's going to happen tomorrow or next week, but it likes to tell us that something bad is going to happen. But it also exaggerates things from the past. It will tell you that that mistake that you made six months ago is was so huge that people can't forgive you or that you can't possibly have a good life. So it often starts right there, just showing people that their brain is a liar. And especially when you're struggling with something, if you have depression or anxiety, your brain especially lies to you. But it's not just when we have a clinical disorder. Your emotions affect how you think too. If you're really excited about something, uh, you're much more likely to go for it as put compared to when you're anxious about something. And we know that people who are really smart fall prey to get-rich-quick schemes because they were so excited about the potential payoff that they didn't think about the downside. But on the other side, we know that when we're scared about something, we think we're 100% certain that something bad is going to happen, the outcome isn't going to be good, 
And it becomes easy to believe those thoughts. So we often start there with how do you not believe everything that you think? And then how do you start to tease out where the truth might be? This resonates so much and it is so helpful and it seems simple, but yeah, we have a lot of times like this automatic negativity bias, like it, it helps us survive. We need to look for threats and, and now you know, we're not living on the savanna and, and we have much more comfortable lives. So I feel like it's like magnified towards things like our relationships where we think something and then automatically it's like, how is this a threat or, you know, attachment uh, theory comes into play and we're feeling all of these things that make us who we are. Can you talk a little bit about maybe an example of how someone in a relationship can have a negative thought or an assumption and kind of framing that and asking ourselves, well, is this really happening? And then working through it so that I want to say so that the thoughts don't come up, but I, I don't think it's necessarily about that. It's about recognizing them and then eventually you create a new pattern of not getting into the negative thoughts. Yeah. So I'll give you a couple examples. One would be when people are dating and you send a text message to your partner and they don't reply back. Maybe it's been an hour and you didn't get a reply. It's common for people to then start thinking the worst. Either they don't like me. I'm annoying them. I shouldn't have sent that text message. Now that I've sent it, I look needy. And they work themselves up into a frenzy. The truth might be that the other person is actually busy and they just haven't looked at their phone or they're not in a place where they can reply or they're thinking about their reply and they just haven't sent one yet. So there are a lot of different options, but I see that happen a lot where people will start to work themselves up into a frenzy because they think I've done something wrong. This is all my fault. Another example would be when somebody automatically assumes that the other person isn't going to be interested in something. And this happens with people who are dating as well as married couples who've been together a really long time. Somebody might think, I'd really like to invite my partner to, to this show, but I think they're going to say no. And I can't really handle any rejection right now. And even if they do say yes, I think it's just because they feel sorry for me or because they feel obligated, not that they really want to go. So I'm just not going to say anything and I won't bring this up. And then they miss out on all of these opportunities to do things because they're afraid of asking because they've convinced themselves that A, the person is going to say no, and B, if the other person does say no, then they can't handle it. And so those are just a couple of quick examples. But for a lot of people, this plays out all day long, or they just make these assumptions. Their partner looked at them funny. So they think, "Ooh, I think I, I must have made a mistake. Maybe they were just thinking about something completely different that had nothing to do with you. Or if their partner is in a bad mood, they think this must be my fault. I must have done something to put them in a bad mood. And it can often lead to a self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes when we think that we're responsible for something or we think something's bad gonna is going to happen, we start to behave in a way that makes it true. So when somebody says, I sent this text message, now I think I look needy, I better follow up and ask if they're mad. And then they start texting more like, are you mad at me? Should I not have sent that text? And then the person actually then starts to think, what is wrong with this person? Maybe they are needy. Or in the case where somebody thinks their partner is in a bad mood and it's because of them and they start asking, did I do something wrong? And then they kind of annoy the other person and the other person gets shorter with them and they then think, clearly it's my fault. They're in a bad mood. So there are a lot of different ways this plays out when in the beginning, the thoughts that we had weren't even true in the first place. It's such a 
funny and frustrating thing and so valuable to have this idea of just because you think something doesn't mean it's true and it seems so basic. But the more we're able to remind ourselves this, the the easier it's going to be to move through life because I do believe in, in everyone's different. And again, depending on your upbringing and attachment style, but we tend to think the worst. You know, it seems to be the default. It doesn't have to be that way. And, and we want to try to reprogram ourselves. So it's valuable just to understand this. And then I want to talk about the action. So we can ask ourselves internally, you know, just because they haven't responded, it, it doesn't mean they don't like me or it doesn't mean my partner's mad at me. They're probably busy. We can start there. But when does it become something in, in every circumstance is going to be different? But broadly speaking, when can we bring that to our partner and, and how can we bring that to our partner to have direct communication about, let's say, a negative thought pattern we're having about the relationship or interaction? Yeah, something funny happens when we're dealing with it ourselves. Our emotions go up and our logic goes down. We know there's a direct correlation. The more emotional we feel, the less logical we are. So when you have an intense emotion, whether it's anxiety or anger, it's hard to think clearly. And if you have a partner who can kind of be that sounding board to give you the rational advice that you need in that moment, that's excellent. And sometimes we can do it for ourselves. You might say, all right, if my friend were struggling with this right now, what advice would I give to my friend? Suddenly, the answer usually becomes crystal clear. I'd tell them it's not their fault or they can calm down because we take the emotion out of it. But we can also have that conversation with our partner. If you have a partner who understands, all right, sometimes you get really nervous when, when you don't get a response back right away and you start to think the worst. What could I do to be a good partner to you? Maybe I know that um, when you're going to text, if I don't reply back, I'm going to get five more texts. I'll just understand that's part of the process. Maybe there's something I can reassuring I can send you every once in a while, whether it's just a quick emoji because I don't have time to send a text message or we have a strategy so that when you're upset and you're making an assumption, you just come out and ask me and I'll tell you the truth. Like, are you mad at me? Are you upset about something? Did I do something wrong? Did I embarrass myself today? And if you have a partner who's willing to, to be understanding and they can tell you the truth and give you that feedback, uh, that can go a long way then. Starting to recognize, all right, that's like the 50th time today that my brain has told me something and my partner says it's not necessarily true. Because every once in a while when our emotions are high, we know maybe we can't trust our own brains, but you might be able to trust your partner sometimes. One of the things that I've tried to work on is is dealing with things internally and not using external control because I I found that my tendency was if I if I feel uncomfortable I definitely want to process it but then I've had in the past a a tendency to communicate that to my partner but with the idea that they change their behavior so that I feel okay and I've recognized that that's not what we want to do so can you talk a little bit about finding that that line or how we can communicate with our partner without this uh, idea that they need to change their behavior in order for us to feel safe. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because what you don't want is a partner who tiptoes around you because they uh, don't want you to become upset or they start changing their own routine just because that might make you too anxious or they start doing things differently because they're trying to manage your feelings for you. So there is that part where we have to take responsibility for my own emotions and to just recognize, all right, I can control this. I can manage how I feel. And you may have some tools that two of you come up with together. For example, when a couple gets in an argument, 
One person might say, I need to walk away to go calm down. The other person might say, I feel abandoned when you walk away. So I end up following you and then we end up turning it into a much bigger fight. So the agreement might be, when you get upset, just tell me I'm going to take a break, but I'm coming back in 10 minutes. And then I know, okay, I don't need to follow you. And it's just a quick strategy for the both of you to be able to say, you're going to take care of yourself by walking away. I'm going to take care of myself by waiting here for a few minutes, trusting that you are going to do what you said, which is in 10 minutes when you feel calmer, we can go back to this discussion. So I think it's just really important to be open and honest and to share, here's how I'm working on this. And perhaps this is what I would need from you as a tool or strategy or something to help me along the way, as opposed to I'm going to depend on you to do this for me. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. When you work full time, have kids and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy. No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus 
protein, and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving Relationship Advice listeners 10% off when you visit hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H-E-R-O dot C-O. I love this. And I think if we can just remind ourselves every morning, just because I think something doesn't mean it's true. And for that matter, the middle of the day, the end of the day, that alone, I feel like is a is a great practice. I do too, because our our body believes it like and our behavior changes based on the thoughts we have if we believe those thoughts. And the the most tangible way I can explain this to people, I'll sometimes do this demonstration in my therapy office. I'll have somebody come in and I'll I'll have them hold their arm out to the side and I say resist and I'm going to push down on your arm and they do that and really it's really easy I can't push down on their arm when they hold it out to the side but then I'll say now I want you to say 10 times I'm a weak and worthless person and they say that out loud 10 times and then I say put your arm out to the side again and I'm going to push down on it but I want you to resist every single time you can push down on the other person's arm, almost no problem. Just because they said out loud, I'm a weak and worthless person, their body believes it. So then you end it because you don't want to leave the person feeling like that. But you have them say, I'm a strong and worthwhile person out loud 10 times. And then you have them do it one last time, put your arm out and resist when I push down. And you can't push down on their arm anymore. Suddenly they have the strength to not do it. And you can try this experiment with somebody. It's one of the most powerful demonstrations, I think, for just showing people those words that came out of your mouth weren't even your words. I told you to say them. Yet when you said those things just 10 times within 30 seconds, it affected your physical strength. Your body heard those words come out of your mouth and listened to it. So I think in so many opportunities, we we make disparaging remarks or we even think we're kidding when we when we say something off the cuff about ourselves. But your body doesn't know you're kidding. And and it responds accordingly. So you think if you walked around all day long, insulting yourself, putting yourself down, expecting bad things to happen, you'll make it true after a while. You can easily make it so that nobody likes you. People find you annoying, that uh, nothing good is going to happen because you start to act in a way that makes those things actually come to fruition. So true and, and such a powerful example. And I want to get to 
that segue of positive affirmations. Basically, it's the antidote to these negative thoughts. Uh, but before we go there, I want to talk about our tendency, as you mentioned, to exaggerate the past and maybe why we do that and how we can navigate those thoughts. Yeah, there's something weird about our memories. When you look back into things from the past, sometimes we romanticize something that wasn't even that great. It might be a relationship, but it also might be a job you used to have. It's easy to look back and only remember the amazing things about it. But then when it comes to our own behavior or mistakes that we've made, it's really easy to exaggerate the the problems that we've had, the things we've done that we wished we hadn't, and to really blame ourselves. And of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. And despite the fact that we know that, we often look back and think like, why didn't I see these red flags? Why did I make this choice? I should have done things differently. And we create a whole story around it, thinking, if only I had taken that job opportunity, my life would be so much better. Well, you don't know that, but we often tell ourselves that. Or we take that moment in time, maybe where we did make a mistake, and we think that it had this incredibly profound effect on everything. And we exaggerate it in our minds. And it's because our memories get stored in different places in our brain, depending on the emotion. Our brain is kind of like a file cabinet. And you have a file for the times when you felt embarrassed, a file for the times when you felt angry, file for the times when you felt sad. And so often when we're thinking about memories, it brings up all sorts of different uh, memories that are within that file. So if you started to regret something today, you feel sad about it, your brain will dip into that part of your brain where you have all of these sad memories and it will remind you of all the sad things that have happened to you. And this is why an example of how this plays out is sometimes you're arguing with your partner. You're angry about something that they did two minutes ago. Suddenly you start bringing up something from five years ago that you're still angry about because it's in that angry file. And that's why we then use those things as a weapon. But it happens with our own lives too. When we start to feel sad, we just think about all the sad things. When we start to feel guilty, we feel about all the things we have to feel guilty about. And because we feel bad, again, our intelligence goes down. So we start to exaggerate it. We really think that this has a much more profound effect than it actually did. And then we make up a story to kind of connect the dots of, you know, I did this thing because I'm a bad person and therefore I can't make good decisions moving forward. And it's really those stories that we tell ourselves that can be really quite damaging. It's so interesting when you start to understand how the brain works, even in this general way. And it's like, no wonder some things feel difficult. And, and that's why it's so valuable to have experts like yourself, to have the research, to understand it from a, a pulled out view, you know, informed view to be like, OK, like I don't have to be at the mercy of how my brain is going to operate. Because, again, I, I think of it a lot of times like from an evolutionary perspective of just like this 100,000 years ago hunter-gatherer, just trying to survive. And relationships obviously were important, but there was a lot more going on and all this fight or flight. And now we have very comfortable lives compared to that, but we still have the same hardware in our brain. And so now all that extra time and energy that would have been spent, like worried about where your next meal is and defending from wolves. And, and you don't have even time to think about, you know, your relationship and, and you're just trying to survive. And, and it's a good thing that 
that I think we have the comforts we do, but that's helpful to me to be like, okay, like this is why it can feel so turbulent and here's what's going on. And then we're able to navigate it with more ease and kind of related to that though, but also it highlights the importance of moving and exercising and like occupying yourself with things outside of like a focus on a relationship. Absolutely. You know, and and as a therapist, obviously I uh, talk to people and I get people to talk about their stories and their problems. But there's a point where you think you have to also do a lot of things that talking about them, rehashing them, going over and over, trying to figure out like exactly why something happened to try to connect everything to your childhood. All of those things, people are really then working themselves up into a frenzy and there may not always be an answer. You don't always have to understand everything. Sometimes it's not about changing the thoughts. It's about the action that you take. And so I'm a firm believer that you can change your behavior first and the feelings and the thoughts often follow because people will come into my office and say, I need you to make me confident because I want to go back to college. Well, you know what, how you actually will feel confident? You sign up for a class, go to go to school first. And that's where the confidence comes. Nobody gains confidence from sitting on the couch. So to your point, I do think our brain sometimes thinks, yeah, now that I've got all these technology and all these tools and all of these things, I'm going to figure everything out. But sometimes it's no, just get up and go, go for a run, go get some exercise, go do some things and, and take some action. And that can often change our physiology as well. That's a great point. And I think, as you mentioned, you see this in just being in, in this field of helping people with relationships through these conversations and talking to friends and family it's beautiful that there's a focus on healing and understanding our past. And I think there is an overemphasis on, especially for certain personality types, like understanding exactly where this is coming from, rather than, like you said, becoming confident by signing up for the class, becoming more adept at relationships by being in relationship and practicing and not being hard on yourself and, and learning from that perspective. Yeah, because I hear two two schools of thought. Sometimes people are like, you can't make a change until you're ready. And other people are like, just take the leap. And I think there there's something to be said uh, for both of those. Like who feels ready? Like if I waited until I was a hundred percent ready to do anything, change a habit or uh, change my life in some way, like probably never going to feel a hundred percent ready for it. And I could spend the next 10 years planning for, I'm going to go to the gym one more time a week. <laughs> that wouldn't be helpful. Sometimes you just have to get out there and do it and practice and then learn from your mistakes and figure out what works for you. On paper, you could have the best plan ever and you think you know what's going to work, but you really don't know until you get out there and you start practicing and allow yourself to sharpen some skills by doing. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Hey, Love Tribe. I just want to ask you a few questions. I want to know why you guys are here. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner? Do you want to feel truly heard? Are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? And let's not forget about the fun. Do you long for those fun, giggly moments at the beginning of your relationship? Over the last decade of hosting this podcast with Chase, these have been our top questions. And we get it. We've been there. And that's why we created Spark My Relationship course, because we wanted to put the tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. 
So we're offering this course, Spark My Relationship, for only $100 until April 6th. In less than 90 days, this self-paced course will help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner all while having fun doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 psychologists and therapists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. This offer is only going to last until Saturday, April 6th. So head on over to our website, sparkmyrelationship.com and use the code FLASH24 at checkout to get the course for only $100. That's nearly 60% off and it won't last. The sale ends April 6th. That's sparkmyrelationship.com and use the code FLASH24 to get our course for only $100. Hey, Love Tribe. I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner? and you want to feel truly heard? Or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? Or do you just long for those fun, giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a strong more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Let's talk about a valuable tool in this doing, and, and that is positive affirmations. We've talked about it a little bit, but where do you like to start with people that are trying to introduce more positive affirmations into their lives? Well, I think what you just said is where I start, where we talk about how it's a tool so that you can then do. So something that I've run into is a lot of people come into my office and they've they've like read the book, The Secret, and they think that really sitting on the couch and thinking about something is going to manifest it and it's going to happen. And I have had people come in and they're like, you know, I have a red sports car on my, on my vision board and I don't have a job and I actually have zero income, but somehow that's going to happen that I'm going to get this red car. And I kid you not, these are true stories that people have spent years like waiting for the universe to somehow gift them something because they thought about it. I think positive affirmations are the first step. And then the doing is the second step. If you don't go get yourself a job to, or then earn some money, I find it hard to believe that the red sports car is going to land in your driveway. And so that's often where we start is how do you say these things to yourself that will then help you take that positive action? And we also don't want to exaggerate it because sometimes people wake up, they look in the mirror and they say things like, you're the most beautiful person on the planet. You are the most wonderful human being that's ever graced the earth. And look, they don't believe it. 
And it seems so far-fetched that then they actually feel worse because they're like, I keep telling myself I'm the best person ever, but I don't feel like the best person. So now I feel bad that I still don't believe it. So I think you can start small. You can look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know, you're an all right person. Start there if you want to. But it has to be something that you can actually believe. Like you're going to do your best today is a much better thing to tell yourself rather than you're going to win an Olympic medal today. Start with something that you can believe in. And and then when you start practicing that, it helps you see, all right, perhaps just a, a little bit of truth in the positivity. And then when I believe, yep, I can go out there and do my best, then I feel good enough to to actually try rather than thinking I'm 100% going to win or I'm going to be the best at everything that I do. And this is related to the the negative thoughts, but when we have these negative thoughts come up, what's an exercise or how can we start to not not allow those because they're going to come up? How can we then recognize them, look at them and reinforce some positivity in that moment? Oh, I'm glad you said that too, because sometimes people think I have to get rid of all my negative thoughts. That's not realistic. Things are going to pop up into your head. Habits are are hard to get rid of. So even if you practice being as positive as you can, it's not going to go away. But you can control how you respond to those thoughts. And a strategy is to just reframe it. So if I start thinking that I uh, made a huge mistake today, I can practice a little self-compassion. Like, all right, was it really that bad? Uh, What would I say to my friend? If my friend came to me and said, I blurted something out in a meeting today and I looked like an idiot. You'd probably say to your friend, that's okay. Nobody even noticed or whatever. You Tomorrow you'll say something uh, something different. You'll fix it. Whatever it is, you'd have really kind words for your friend. So sometimes just saying, all right, what would I say to my friend right now? And you give yourself that same kind advice. That can go a long way when we just treat ourselves with just an ounce of self-compassion. And then just reframing it. So when you think, oh, you know, I'm, I mess up all the time. Do I really mess up all the time? I mess up sometimes, but so doesn't everybody else. Or uh, my anxiety is so high, I can never get anything done. Is it or are there exceptions to this rule? Sometimes just looking for an exception to the rule can help where you think, well, what's the time I, I looked smart in a meeting? So when you think I'm, I always look stupid in meetings, what's the time that I look smart? Or what's the time that my partner and I argued and I remained calm and it worked out okay? And just reminding yourself that it's not always a certain way. There are always exceptions to those rules. But we often tell ourselves, nope, I'm always the one to mess up. I always make a mistake. I always ruin everything. And that will just remind you that, yeah, actually, your brain lies to you again. It exaggerates certain things. And if you try to look at it more like a detective, like, "Eh, what's the honest answer to this? You can find some exceptions. With the positive affirmations, one of the things that's always a a great reminder to myself is is one being kind to myself and and starting there and then recognizing that I want to positively reinforce my relationships whether that's with friendships or a romantic partner especially because with the relationship advice podcast and people tuning in a lot of times it's focused on like fixing right like fixing the negative how do we navigate conflict and and that's important and to me that's like a plugging a leak type thing. But how can we fill up the cup? I'm going to try to go with this metaphor, plugging a leak in a cup that's leaking, that's important. But then how can we fill it up? And to me, something like a positive affirmation to our partner, to the relationship for no reason, you know, just, hey, I was thinking about you today. And I I just wanted to say, I'm, I'm so thankful that you're in my life. And to me, as a, as a partner, it feels 
amazing to just get those spontaneous things. And I want to try to give them as much as possible. And like I said, to, to friends, family and romantic partners. Can you talk a little bit about a practice like that? Yeah, there's so much research about gratitude for ourselves. So when you say, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that you know, I have uh, clean air to breathe and, and water to drink today, like you can be grateful for that. There's something extra powerful when you're grateful for the people in your lives. It might be your neighbor that waves to you in the morning and you don't even know their name. Or it could be that that coworker that often helps you with projects when they don't have to. Or your cousin that calls you once a year just to say hi. And there's so much research that shows when we express our gratitude to those people, not only does it give us a huge boost in our mood, but it gives them a huge boost. And so there's often this idea, though, that the people closest to us, like our partner, we often forget to thank them. We often forget to uh, to remind them of the wonderful things that that they do for us and that we appreciate it. So I think it's a wonderful thing to start adding that into your day. And it might be, you know, I really appreciate that you get up first in the morning to make the coffee. I forget to tell you that sometimes that I want you to know, I definitely appreciate that. Or, you know, that meeting that that we had the other night with with the realtor, like you handled that so well. I just wanted to point that out. Like you do a really good job with those difficult conversations. Pointing those things out to somebody can be huge. And you don't want to, you know, give them just flattering. You're the most beautiful human on the planet. Sometimes just point out those little things you appreciate, their behavior that they did, the things that they that they did that uh, caused you to smile. That maybe you noticed them doing something and they didn't even know you were watching. Just to remind them, you know, I, I saw you uh, talking to the neighbor the other day with a big smile on your face. And I think that's wonderful that you do that sometimes. Pointing out those little things can go so far into helping somebody else feel good, too, about those little things that they do. It's an important reminder. I'm got us on this topic, but I'm not doing it nearly as much as I would like. And I, and I think like a lot of these things, combating the negative thoughts, introducing positivity, it's a daily practice and, and having awareness and introducing these things into our lives and keeping them there. So this is a, a helpful conversation for me. And I think it will be for our listeners too, whether it's new information or a reminder. Um, so thank you, Amy. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? If there's anything you want to emphasize or maybe something we skipped over and then we'll say goodbye. Sure thing. So my website is Amy Morin, LCSW, as in licensed clinical social worker.com. And on there, you can find links to all of my books, including my new book, which is 13 Things Mentally Strong Couples Don't Do. And I have a podcast called Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin. And every Monday, I interview a guest about how they stay mentally strong. And every Friday, I give tidbits just like these about uh, how you can build mental strength in your own life with these little strategies that go a long way toward helping us grow stronger. Excellent. Well, thank you, Amy. We will have those links in our show notes and on our website. And thanks again for coming back on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me back, Chase. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, and while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, 
We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.